0: Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Our text for today and this morning's Easter sunrise sermon is drawn both from St. John's account of the resurrection we heard just a moment ago, also from St. Luke's. St. John writes, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. St. Luke tells us, though, also that, that two men, two angels, said to Mary and the women who were with her, Why seek ye the living? Among the dead he is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered up into the hands of sinners and be put to death, but the third day rise again. And then they remembered his words. Dear friends, Remember. Remember. It's evident from the fact that Mary Magdalene, as we heard a moment ago, stood outside the tomb weeping that she didn't remember. Sometimes we forget how to remember. Other times we can't forget. Journalist Paul Harvey, known for the rest of the story, tells of one old man who couldn't forget. Gratitude prompted this old man to visit an old broken pier on the eastern seacoast of Florida. Every Friday night until his death in 1973, he'd return walking slowly, slightly stooped over with a bucket of shrimp in hand. The seagulls would all flock to this old man and he'd feed them from the bucket. Well, Harvey tells that many years before, in October of 1942, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker was on a a mission in his B-17, bomber to deliver an important message to General Douglas MacArthur in New Guinea. But an unexpected detour would hurl Captain Eddie into the most harrowing adventure of his life. Somewhere over the South Pacific, this B-17 flying fortress was lost beyond radio contact. With fuel running dangerously low, the men decided to ditch the plane in the ocean. So for nearly a month, Eddie and his companions were adrift on the sea, fighting the water and the weather and the scorching sun. They spent many a sleepless night recoiling while sharks would ram their rafts as they floated along. But you know, of all the enemies at sea, it was starvation that proved most formidable for them. At eight days out only, in their one-month journey on the sea, at eight days out already their rations were gone, destroyed by the salt water. It would take a miracle to sustain them. And it was a miracle that took place. As Rickenbacher tells it, he said, One afternoon as they floated along, one read the afternoon service. A prayer was then said for deliverance. A hymn was sung. Afterward, there was some talk, but soon it tapered off in the heat. Eyes closed as he dozed. Captain Eddie suddenly felt something land on his head. He said, I knew, I knew what it was. It was a seagull. I just knew it and peering out under his hat, he could tell that the others knew it too. They were staring at that seagull and that seagull meant for them food. He said, it meant food if I could catch it and, and the rest is, is history. Eddie caught the gull, its flesh was eaten, its intestines used to catch more fish The crew was sustained, their hopes renewed, because a lone seagull, uncharacteristically hundreds of miles from land, offered itself as a sacrifice. You know that Captain Eddie Rickenbacker made it, and you know also that he never forgot, because every Friday evening about sunset on a lonely stretch of the eastern Florida seacoast, there's an old man with a bucket of shrimp to feed the gulls, to remember that one, which on a day long past gave itself without a fight. My friends today, we remember too. This Easter morn, we sit here alive, very alive and well, because one Jesus Christ ventured myriad miles, it would seem from his home to offer himself, to offer himself up without a fight so that we might have life, and so that we might have hope. On Good Friday, we came face to ugly face with the true nature of our sin and the effect of it, and that cannot be underestimated. It is more desolating. It's more isolating. It's more devastating than being hopelessly adrift in an open and a hostile sea. Don't you recall what Isaiah said of our sins? He said, your sins have separated you from your God. So that he would hide his face from you. That's what sin does. Those are the eternal consequences of sin, both temporal and eternal. But my friends, we need never know the true and undiluted nature of our sins. It's because they were assumed by that divine visitor, Jesus Christ. He embraced them. And he would not let them go until he dragged them down with him into the grave. Well, that was Friday. Today is Sunday. And we go where Scripture would have us go. We go to the tomb. And through the eyes of Mary and the other women that were there, and through the eyes of Peter and the swifter John, through their eyes we go to the tomb and we peer into the tomb and we go there and... and, like Eddie Rickenbacker, we go to remember the one who, on a day long past, gave himself as a sacrifice without complaint. That's what the women were doing, wasn't it? They were going to to take care of some some business that had not been taken care of, and to remember. And we go to his tomb, but him we do not find. Him there we do not find, for we will not find the living among the dead now if we don't remember what he said then we too like those women that morning we will find ourselves quite perplexed in life quite perplexed if we do not remember what he promised would come to pass then we find ourselves like the women on that morning and like Mary Magdalene there on that morning who came to the tomb to encounter an unforgettable situation not remembering what they should have remembered, their forgetfulness gave way to fear. You see, the empty tomb of their Lord was a good thing. It was the best thing. It was like a a single budding flower or rose on a bush once thought dead. It meant life with more to come. The empty tomb of their Lord was the prearranged God ordained sign that the entirety of Jesus Christ's work upon the cross, dealing once and for all time and for all people with all of their sins entirely, your sins, and mine, and the eternal effects of them. It was the sign that His work was well-pleasing and all sufficient To God the Holy Trinity. Remember what Scripture says? He was offered up for our transgressions, Paul writes, but raised for our justification. That was what the empty tomb meant. It's what the empty tomb still means. As long as He lives, that's what it means. And had they remembered what He said, For how many times had he reminded them on his way to Calvary that the Son of Man must be handed over. It was of divine necessity. He must be handed over into the hands of sinners for the sake of us sinners and put to death, suffer, be crucified. But he said, I will rise again. The empty tomb of their Lord was good news. Indeed, it still is. But not remembering their forgetfulness made way for fear. Isn't that true for you and for me too? In the perplexities of life, we often do forget what our Lord said. We often forget what our Lord did. But most certainly our Lord would have us remember. He'd have us remember always what He said and what He's done. That's why through Moses... He said to his delivered people of old, we heard about it in the Old Testament reading this morning, those people, the ones he, by his mighty arm, carried out of bondage, by the blood of a spotless lamb, drawn through the water, soaring parallels to our own condition and situation. The blood of Christ, the spotless lamb, freeing us from bondage, but... But through Moses, he said to his delivered people of old, he said, Remember, because our Lord would have us remember. He said, Remember this day on which you went out of bondage by the strength of the Lord. He'd have us to remember. That's why J- Joshua would remind the people 40 years later, the people of old, poised and ready to cross the threshold between the wilderness wanderings in the promised land, that Jordan River. It's why Joshua said, remember the word that was told to you. It's why King David would exhort his brethren saying, remember his marvelous works and his word that he commanded you. It's why when on the night that he was betrayed, when he knew the lives of his dear disciples would soon enter into a perplexity, the likes of which they had never seen. That's why our Lord said to them, remember what I say to you. For this I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I have told you of them. So you see how our Lord would have us to remember his word and his work. But how often we enter into the perplexities of life, indeed and especially the great ones. And just like Mary Magdalene and the women at the tomb, and even Peter and John, So often, we don't remember when the time comes. We don't remember, and forgetting, we fall into fear. We're consumed, perhaps, by the fear of what the radiology x-ray or the medical test might tell us, what the results might reflect. We're sleepless over what they did reflect even as christians sometimes we face the future far more full of fear than faith precisely because we don't remember what our lord on this day once did and what he said he would do and what it means for us today and tomorrow today we remember like Captain Eddie Rickenbacker, we remember in gratitude what was sacrificed for us. But unlike old Eddie, we don't return this Easter mourn for sentimental reasons to recall days gone by and to commemorate a friend that's dead and gone. No, to the contrary. This Easter morn, we go and we peer into the empty tomb of a risen and a living Lord Jesus Christ. And we remember. We remember what there was said. We remember who there was not. And we remember not for the sentimental past, but today we remember for the present present. And today we remember for the future. You see, remembering his word and his work and his resurrection is not recalling a day long past and gone. It's about remembering a present and a future life defining reality. So don't remember for the sentimental past, but remember for the present. Remember for the present when sin's guilt drags you down. Remember then what Scripture says of His resurrection. That as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into that death and resurrection. And we're buried with Him, Scripture says, in baptism, and so your sins were buried with Him too. So that just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead, Paul writes, so we too can walk in the freedom of of a new life liberated from sin not a single one of them remains remember not for the sentimental past but remember for the present you who are aging you who are sick who are lonely who are careworn Strained under the struggles of this life, remember what your risen Lord said. He said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As we'll sing next service in our festival service, he lives to hear your soul's complaint. Remember for the present what Jesus Christ once did in the past and what it means to even right now for your loved ones dearly departed in the faith. Remember what he told you? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. For because I live, you will live also. Think of how important those words are. Even today, to the family of our dear brother in Christ, Chris Heinz, whom our Lord called to his eternal rest in his mansion above this past Good Friday after his many years of struggling. Remember and think of what these words mean to our sister Karen Lehman, whose sister died this past Monday, Thursday. How important are these words for us, their dear family in the faith? Think about these words, friends. Consider these promises of our Lord. Remember them, you members of the body of Christ. Remember them and then relish in them. For how could the risen living head rise and leave the members dead? Because I live, you will live also. Remember. Remember the resurrection for the present. Remember it too, though, for the future. Remember it as life wears on and as you wear out. Remember the resurrection of our Lord, what it means now and, and what it will mean. On that last and that great day for all who do trust in the saving work of Christ Jesus, old rickety Job, dinti. Job, More than 2,000 years before the death and resurrection of our Lord, Job, remembering for the future, he gave us this sweet sentence. I know that my Redeemer lives. You hear the confidence? I know that my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand at last upon the earth. And after this skin has been thus destroyed, this I know. That in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, how my heart yearns within me, he said. So, friends, remember his word. For as Mary and the women at the tomb found out, as his slow to believe disciples too found out, it will come to pass. It did come to pass. And precisely because it did come to pass on that first Easter morning, this word of his too will come to pass. That in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, the dead will be raised incorruptible, the dead in Christ, and we shall be forever changed. And then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death. Death is swallowed up in victory. For because I live, you shall live also. My friends, that's why, gratefully, we remember the resurrection. So remember it for today. Remember it for tomorrow. In the name of our risen Lord Jesus Christ, amen.